Crossover Q is a podcast that openly discusses the Q cultural phenomenon and all its associated conspiracies, ranging from armed political conflict, child abuse, sexual abuse, racism, sexism, and apocalyptic fetishization. Listener discretion is advised. So what do you get when you mix two parts conspiracy with one part evangelicalism? Add three parts apocalyptic fever dream, dust it all with a heavy sprinkle of fascism, and bake that up at 2,020 degrees. Well, you get the most violent and dangerous Christian heresy to come along this century. What you get is a mind virus named Q. And we, my friends, are the only vaccine. I'm Vicar Derek Kabilis, and this is Crossover Q. This is a podcast about breaking the power of QAnon. Specifically, QAnon as it exists inside of the American church. Now, I gotta tell you, we got a lot of work to do. We've got some business to take care of over the coming weeks and months, so we're gonna talk about confronting the lies of the Q community. We're going to talk about standing up for truth and and calling a spade a spade and a heresy a heresy and all of that tough stuff. But I also want this podcast to be about us. I want it to be about the folks that are living through this extraordinarily difficult time. I want it to be about the lives that have been damaged by QAnon, the marriages that have ended, the families that have been broken, the the friendships strained. If we do it well, then this podcast won't be about uh, complaining or or yelling or, or being frustrated with people who just don't get it who are are crazy and obsessed no this podcast if we do it the right way will be about healing the sick and binding up the brokenhearted among us ultimately my hope is that this podcast will be about redemption See, that's the real tragedy of QAnon that most people just don't get. That, that's the, the sickness that's at the heart of this beast. It, it's not about ideology. It's not about politics. It's about people. People who have come to, to see themselves as soldiers mired in an invisible war, taking to a digital battlefield, fighting what they think is this this deeply ingrained satanic
titanic force in the world that, that they're the last bastion of defense against satan and his demons and let me tell you when you are caught up in that kind of a a grand narrative well that's just one hell of a drug QAnon literally injects transcendental meaning and purpose into the lives of regular folks every day by convincing people that they are, are central players in a war for the soul of America. And who wouldn't want that, quite frankly? <laughs> Who wouldn't want that kind of knowledge that, that no matter what else was going on in your life, no matter what kind of goals you never achieved or dreams you never fulfilled, that you still did something for the good of the cause. You were still a hero. You still did your part to save the world. But so often what these folks don't realize is that they are tearing their families apart. That they are hurting themselves and those around them. That they are weakening the very fabric of their society in what is perhaps most tragic to an old gospel preacher like me is that they are taking their churches down with them. But the worst of it is actually that some of them do know that. Some of them know that their actions are causing pain and division, ending relationships and, and weakening the witness of the church. They understand. They get it. But when you think you're involved in this winner-take-all final conflagration, when you think you're fighting the, the literal Battle of Armageddon, all of that stuff becomes collateral damage. Friends, family, church, it all becomes an unfortunate yet very necessary sacrifice. So that's why we're here. That's why we have to do something, why we have to confront the pain, why we can't be content to just let them slip away and, and drown in a torrent of lies and hatred, why we can't pass it off as just another silly counterculture for nut jobs on the web. And it requires us to take it seriously, to deal with it soberly. It's why we have to both stand up and reach out with humility, patience, and love and, and fight for them the same way they think they are fighting for us. It's why we have to find a way. A way to interrupt the, the endless searching and the posting. Uh, a way to heal the obsession and the addiction. Uh, a way to help folks step away from, from the paranoia of it all and come back from the brink. But to do that kind of work, to do that kind of ministry, first we have to start 
at the very beginning. Episode 1 The Calm Before the Storm On December 4th, 2016, just after Donald Trump shocked the world by winning the presidential election, a seemingly innocuous man stormed into a Washington, D.C. pizzeria with an AR-15. He fired three shots, thankfully hitting no one, and then he began furiously searching the premises. When the authorities came, he surrendered to police, and he defended his actions by saying that he was, quote, looking for the children, raving on about how he was trying to free some kids that were locked in the basement, who were part of a, a child sex ring. But in fact, there was no basement. There were no children. And that man was taken to jail. Now, at this point, I need to make it very clear that children are sold into sexual slavery every day, even in this country. That is not a conspiracy. I personally know folks who have done work on this, who have worked for Christian ministries and legal foundations here in the United States and across the world, working to, to help free these kids and, and raise the public's awareness to the fact that this is really happening. But that man, on that particular day, was looking for a child sex ring that did not exist. No, what he was looking for was a particular group of children, kids that had been taken captive by a secret group of Satan-worshipping Democrats. A group run by the likes of Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. He was trying to storm a secret hideout and save children that were held captive to be used in dark rituals where they would be raped, murdered, and finally eaten. I know that such an idea sounds shocking and ridiculous, and to be frank, it is. It very much is. But the fact remains that on that day, a regular guy, an evangelical Christian, a man with two daughters and no history of mental illness to speak of, no political axe to grind, just a, a regular Christian dude who had just had the internet installed into his house, fell into a rabbit hole of online conspiracy. And his heart was so broken by the idea of such terrible things happening to children that he felt he just had to take action. So where did that man find all this? Where was the rabbit hole that he fell down? What was the dark corner of the internet that, that caught him up in all of this, this madness? Well, at the time, the theory was being pushed by a man named Alex Jones. If you're not familiar with him, he's a, he's a guy that, 
that that touts himself as being an evangelical Christian who runs an internet news organization that that peddles conspiracy theories about 9-11 being an inside job and the Sandy Hook shooting being a government operation. This guy is a huckster, a snake oil salesman who gets rich off of the fear and paranoia he inspires in those who listen to him. And then there was one other source, a retired general named Michael Flynn. Somebody who most folks would would just assume to be a man of impeccable character, the president's own national security advisor who had just tweeted out his belief and his support for this idea of satanic Democrats feasting on children, a conspiracy theory that would come to be known as Pizzagate. Ten months later, on October 5th, 2017, when President Trump met with a large group of generals, military advisors, and senior staff to discuss military policy and in strategy the whole country was watching the cameras were there the news reporters were on site and that night the whole team along with their spouses met for dinner at the white house and during a group photo then president trump looked around at his guests and then spoke to the cameras saying you guys know what this represents Maybe it's the calm before the storm. Now, do y'all remember when that happened? If you recall, the next day, the, the whole country was buzzing. What did he mean by that? What, why did he say it? What was about to happen? Some sort of military operation? Were we about to declare war? What was going on? But while... Uh, a president saying something so cryptic and ominous uh, would be unusual for those who were familiar with Trump's flair for the dramatic. This little innuendo just seemed like another instance of him being the showman in chief, right? Just trying to make a few headlines. And as it turned out, there was no storm. There was no military action, no bolt of lightning that would come to strike down on America's enemies in the weeks ahead. In all likelihood, it was just a a passing comment. One more example of the president's bravado. But just 23 days later, on October 28th, deep in the bowels of the internet, on a website known mostly as a repository for memes and nerd culture, computer hackers, and maybe even the occasional post about white supremacy or child pornography, on that website, a discussion thread first appeared from from an anonymous person called Q Clearance Patriot. Someone who claimed to be an official within the Trump administration with top secret Q-level clearance. 
In a string of posts, Q Clearance Patriot, or as they would come to be known, Q, would claim to know the true meaning behind the calm before the storm. And in that, a dark new chapter of American life began. Before long, the Pizzagate story fizzled out of the news, and General Finn, Flynn had been fired. It was just all one more crazy story in an already crazy year. But then something odd started to happen. As the president continued to hold rallies, where he railed against the Democrats and started promoting his bid for a second term, suddenly the letter Q started popping up in the crowds. It was printed on hats and t-shirts. People started holding signs that said, We are Q, and where we go one, we go all. You see, under the cover of digital anonymity, Q Clearance Patriot, along with an army of anonymous internet posters, was spinning a web. He was connecting the dots between the pizzeria incident and General Flynn and Donald Trump and all those non-existent captive children in a series of posts and codes and cryptic messages. Q told a captivated online audience a tale of rebellion and resistance. A story about an empire of global elites centered in Hollywood and D.C., pulling the strings of the media and entertainment industries, planning a, a worldwide communist revolution. And at the top of it all was a shadowy Democrat cabal in league with the devil himself, growing more and more powerful every day from feasting on the flesh of children. And now they were about to take the greatest prize, a coup d'etat of the United States. But standing in their way, as the story went, was a lone warrior, God's chosen defender of humanity, who was willing to set aside his worldly wealth and power, to give up his reputation and, and take all the slings and arrows of the dark media and political establishment and serve justice. Don't worry, Q said. He's working with the military. He's working with Jesus himself, and he's going to bring them down. All you have to do is trust the plan. And with that, the theory, the movement, the heresy known as QAnon was born.
before we go any further, I really think that there's something that you need to know about me. I know some people are just going to write me off as a progressive pundit with a some sort of political axe to grind. But the truth is, and you may find this hard to believe, I'm not a liberal. I'm not a, a political junkie. I don't wave the Democrat banner. <laughs> for the purposes of this podcast, I do not care who you vote for or your thoughts on abortion or what you think about socialized medicine. That's not what any of this is about, okay? But that being said, you should know I'm not a Trump fan. There's no use in denying it. I, I simply don't like the man. I find his arrogance and his overly certain and chronically incurious personality to be simply objectionable. But I didn't study him in seminary. I don't have any expertise on him or his movement. I don't have any opinions about him that are suitable for public discourse. And if you're looking for that sort of thing, I'm sure there are better podcasts out there to find. So no, I'm sure much to his own personal dismay, this podcast, unlike everything else in the world, is not about Trump. But you should know that he's going to come up. His name will probably be mentioned on almost every episode because QAnon is about him more than any other singular person. QAnon centers around him. He's the hero of the story that they are trying to write. But at the end of the day, for our purposes, you can consider him just a superfluous detail. A footnote in the story of those that I really do care about. You see, more than anything, I'm a Christian. And I'm the pastor of a Northeast Ohio congregation of just about 120 people. Those are the ones who have my undying attention. The good folks conservative and liberal alike who show up at Sunday mornings at my church and in all those other churches like mine, the sheep of the flocks that, that, that are all over this country. And I know that there are some of them who are now convinced that the church is supposed to be about fighting uh, a group of Democrat baby eaters who were certain now that the church is supposed to be wrapped up in a war for who gets to rule the United States. Instead of fellowship and love and sanctification and transformation, instead of grace and humility and forgiveness, there are folks walking around right now who think that church 
is is about owning the libs, quote unquote, and and frantically scanning the internet at night, looking for codes and clues, nursing their resentment, feeding their paranoia, posting hurtful things about public figures online, adding their voice to a chorus of lies instead of proclaiming a gospel of truth and reconciliation. So here's what we're going to do. Together, we, over the coming weeks and months, are going to dissect the Q phenomenon from top to bottom. We're going to talk about things like apocalypticism, we're going to talk about the anti-Semitism and the fascism that, that lurks just behind the surface of all these theories. We're going to talk about the effect of charismatic personalities who inspire devotion beyond all rationality. But most of all, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about all the ways that Q twists and contorts Jesus's message in order to absorb the church into its story. In short, we're going to cut QAnon open and examine each of its constituent parts. And hopefully in the course of that, in the process of that dissection, like, like a bullfrog splayed out on the desk of a middle school student, we're going to kill it, both in our hearts and in the hearts of those around us. But I got to tell you, one thing we aren't going to do on Crossover Q is joke around. We're not going to be calling anyone crazy. We aren't going to be dismissing QAnon as some off-the-wall cult or conspiracy theory because it's past that now. It's more insidious than that, more viral. Uh, based on some, some very simple statistics, I guarantee that you know someone who is infected with this stuff, who has fallen down the rabbit hole. No, this is a problem. That, that doesn't call for our ridicule. It's a, it's a problem that calls for knowledge, for determination, and most of all, for compassion. I know it's hard when someone you love is deep into Q. I have some family members who are in it. You know what I mean? And, and, and you got to understand... I'm a preacher, so I try to approach every situation with as much compassion and empathy as I can muster. But it just made me so angry that a member of my family, that, that someone who bears my own name, could possibly believe in, in, in something so ridiculous and offensive. But now, after months and months, I think I'm starting to get it. I've come to see that they're lost. That they've fallen down a hole that they didn't dig for themselves. And hear me when I say this, friends. Your contempt 
will only drive them deeper. The insults and the sarcastic tweets and in, in provoking Facebook posts will only entrench them down further. No, what we need is a different approach. And over the coming weeks and months, I hope that's what we're going to build here. Let me also say that if you are in Q recovery right now, if you're someone who has uh, fallen down the rabbit hole and has somehow started to find your way back to the surface, we are so glad that you're here. We are so glad that you found us. And I hope you'll, you'll send us a message at crossoverq at yahoo.com. We'd love to get you on the podcast and, and we'd love to hear about your experience. And if you're someone who's in it right now, if you're someone who is raging right now at everything that I have said up to this point because you believe that it's, it's, it's completely and totally false, then I have a challenge for you. Keep listening. Even if it's only for the dopamine hit of rage you get as you hear me regale the Q movement as lies and heresy, I challenge you to keep tuning in week by week. What do you have to fear? What do you have to lose? See if you can listen to everything that we're going to talk about here and still hold on to this worldview. Test its metal, why don't you? See just how strong it is. I double-dog dare you. And if you want, uh, you can send me hateful emails at crossoverq at yahoo.com. We might even invite you to be on the podcast as well. And, and if you have a story you'd like to share or a comment for us or, or, or anything like that, whoever you are, whatever perspective you come from, again, reach out to crossoverq at yahoo.com. We're going to try our best to respond to every respectful email and we can't wait to hear from you. Now, I know that some of the folks who listen to Crossover Q aren't Christian. And that's totally okay. To be honest, I'm just glad that you've tuned in, that you're engaged, that you also care about the folks that have fallen into this dangerous trap of lies. But even if you aren't a church person, I hope you'll indulge me for just a moment at the end of our podcast. I have a, a little ritual, part of my own United Methodist tradition, um, called the Parting Benediction, I'd like to share with you all. For those who don't know, a Parting Benediction is just a, a final blessing, a well-wish, a little prayer for you as you go on your way. We're going to be dealing with some pretty heavy stuff here on Crossover Q, some, some dark stuff. And before we wrap up every week, I'd like to take the time to just share with you a few words of cleansing and grace, just so we can kind of wash our hands and our spirits 
and prepare ourselves to go on with our day with love in our hearts and light in our minds. So I invite you, wherever you are, whoever you are, to take a big deep breath. You can close your eyes if it helps you. And if you like, you can even make the sign of the cross as you hear these words. And now, brothers, sisters, friends, may the love of God the Father, the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with you and be with you now and always.